1: If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues, or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch.
2: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another day of being a miracle in recovery. My name is Ray and I am in the studio tonight. We have Ellen on the line. Hi, Ellen. How are you?
3: I'm great. How is everybody out there?
2: I hope they're doing as well as we are. Tonight I we're hope going so to. Too. Tonight we're going to talk about responsibility. That was the just for today. Uh, today was about responsibility. I'm going to read something, and then we can just take it from there. Um, we are not responsible for our disease. Only for our recovery. As we begin to apply what we have learned, our lives begin to change for the better. That's a paragraph out of the basic text. Now just for today, using the spiritual tools I've gained in recovery I am willing and able to make responsible choices. Newly clean that was a lot to grasp onto. I know that all I needed to do, the only responsibility that I had for the first 30, 60, 90 days was to find my tail where other people were doing the same thing I was. Where I found that out was going to one of the 12-step recovery groups. Um, And that's where I learned how to become responsible all over again. Like when I was a kid... The, responsible, the responsibilities that I learned were putting my clothes in the hamper, which I never did. Putting my shoes under my bed, which I never did. Putting the <laughs> groceries away, which I never did. Um, so I never really had much, quote-unquote, life-learning responsibility like, like no children do. You know, I think the, the importance of putting your clothes away, I, I realize that today because I still struggle with it. Um, if I learned that when I was a child, maybe I would have had a better gate coming in. I had zero responsibility for the years that I was using. I didn't have to wake up. I didn't have to go to work. I didn't punch a clock. I didn't report to anyone. I didn't do anything but run with my disease. Well, I think it's, it's,
3: um, it's really amazing the way the disease takes over your life. And I have kind of a different take on responsibility as the mother of addicts. It is mm-hmm. not my responsibility to manage the disease, although as a mom, that is my first um, inclination. That You know, that's what I want to do. I want to fix this. I want to make it better. I want to, you know, you guys make a lot of messes, and I'm very quick to jump in and clean up the mess, especially early on before I really kind of knew what I was up against. It was really hard not to go in and, you know, hire the attorney, you know, fix all the you know, the bill, all of
2: those things. I think we're having a little bit of trouble with your phone, Ellen, so try to sit still. And while we're doing that, we have a caller, Dr. Kelly. Hi, Dr. Kelly, how are you? I'm very good this
4: evening. How are you guys?
2: Fantastic.
4: Yeah, I just came across your, your Facebook page and saw you're doing a great job, thought I'd call in I'm over in Dallas, Texas, um, nice. recovered alcoholic and addict for many years now. But um, just listening to, to the caller before talking about being the mom of the caller, which is interesting because my mom went through horrendous uh, years and years and years of tra- of enabling and trying to stop and clearing up after. And unfortunately, all it did for me was to extend my drinking and using period, which sounds crazy,
2: but it did. Right, right. Now, I, I feel you there because like with being a, being a recovering addict, um, my family enabled me for many years as well. And I think... I've spoken about this before, using that and becoming an emotional terrorist with, the, with my enabler's feelings, like you said, it extended my use. Ultimately, when she told me enough was enough is when I had to fend for myself and I really couldn't. So that's when I decided to get... It's really, it's really
4: difficult when somebody's, somebody tells you, not directly, but in their actions that it's okay to do what you do and then True. all of a sudden abruptly said, no, it's not, then they're giving different messages out, and that's where I got confused. Um, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, I had to lose everything. I went from the nice family into a million-dollar house to the streets of England, Manchester and England, I stayed in the streets for almost a year. I lost absolutely everything to alcoholism. That was my main thing, was alcohol. But uh, I, I always remember on the streets many, many years ago saying to myself, where did it all go wrong? I didn't understand why I was successful in every other way, but I couldn't get this alcohol thing down to a cheap. And I always swore to myself: if I ever got off the streets, I would dedicate my life to helping others that suffer from this disease. And that's what I do today.
2: Oh, you are you are part of a recovery uh, network program facility yeah. type. Yeah,
4: I'm actually an addictionologist, uh, okay. and I have practice in uh, Dallas, Texas. But I'm a twelve step guy, out and out twelve step guy. You know, great. Right.
2: How do you? How do you find being a 12 step guy and having that knowledge and trying to share it with an addict or an alcoholic who doesn't really want to hear it, who, you know what I mean? Because it's, it must be tougher. Like even just common, common conversation with me, with other addicts that are trying to get clean or alcoholics that are trying to get clean. I kind of like bang the inside of my head because it's like, you dummy, you didn't have, you don't have to do what I did, but ultimately they do. What a great question to start
4: with. Um, Well, first of all, um, I always ask the question, have you had enough and are you ready? How bad do you really want to get sober and clean? Because there's a couple of things. I I can lose anybody on the medical side of the illness. Let me Mm -hmm. tell you how we're born this way. The gene goes to the center of blame. blah, blah, blah. When it comes to the God part, because it had to be a God thing, everybody shies away. But I believe that the 12 steps on God are circumstantial. And let me tell you real quickly what I mean. I'm traveling home from England to Dallas about two years ago. We're on a plane at 35,000 feet. And all of a sudden, because of bad weather, we dropped down 5,000 feet. And the pilot had warned us. But even still, when we dropped, you could hear people gasp on, on the plane and hold on to the side of the seat. And my buddy next to me leaned over and said... I bet there's not many atheists on this plane right now. <laughs> I made me that. True. How true is that? You know, circumstantial. No, that's very true. That's so very I can true. Sit I don't in Somebody face to face and go, okay, how bad you are really? No, 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 no. How bad do you want this? Because if I'm giving you a way out now and it's something you don't believe in, are you going to take it? Because if you're not circumstantial, you're not ready. But when you, when you, when you've had enough, you'll
2: be ready. You'll definitely right. be ready. And fortunately enough, we both got to the, I'm ready point. You know, yeah. I,
3: I've I mean, been. The fortunately- scary thing as a mom, though, is how do you get ready? You know, because it seems to me, you know, I'm going through a relapse with one of my addicts, and it's very painful. It is the same old, same old, same old, same old, same old story. You know, we've done, we've gone through this over and over and over. I'm to the point now where I can sense when the relapse is coming. You know, I don't want to, and I go into denial about it, but I do. What does it take? For somebody to be ready. I mean, do you have to be almost dead?
4: Uh, personally, for me, um, you don't have to be homeless. You don't have to be broke. You just need. And, and for me, a part of what my mum did was actually got some advice from someone in, in, the, in a 12-step program and said to her, turn away, throw him out and turn your back. And it's harsh, but it was the best advice that anybody could give my mom. And looking back in hindsight, that's what probably saved my life. Was right. Ellen, because you know, you, we, we're not going to stay here and buy into your, your illness or bind into your death. We're not going to do it. We're not going to sign your death warrant anymore. I'm sorry. No.
2: Right, Ellen, because you remember my mother speaking that on a few shows that uh, she had to ultimately divorce me, if you wanted to say that. I mean, she yeah. loved me from a distance, and she said, you just have to go do what you're doing. And I, fortunately enough, I wasn't on that side of the fence at that time. That had to have been heart wrenching for her, and I and I feel what you're going through. But you know, I, I had to walk my own path, and sadly, they have to walk theirs. You know. Well,
3: I'm, you know, I've been in in a twelve-step program for families of alcoholics and addicts for many, many years, and you know, I've heard this over and over, and I just haven't been able to do it. I'm trying now because I'm I'm to the point where I'm just. I can't do this anymore. I'm beaten down and I'm exhausted. I just well, What we do
4: at we we our practice is when we, when we bring people in, we bring the family. We bring moms and dads in. And we set them down on the sofa all at once because it's a family illness. But by goodness, it's mm-hmm. a family recovery as well. But we have to be direct with the parents. Mm-hmm. Because if I find somebody, you know, who's died in a house in his bedroom somewhere, who do I blame? Well I blame the addict and I blame his parents. And unfortunately that's just the the, the bottom line. It's horrible, but that's the bottom line. There's gotta be a point where you've got to step outside the disease circle and go, Am I enabling in that in that case, am I killing him? Or am I going to turn away and make him fight for his life? Because that's what we're right. talking about here.
2: Right. And you have to take you have to take responsibility for your your, your piece of the family tree that, that, that's going dark. Can you give me a email address, or something where we can get in touch with you uh, yeah, for anybody sure, that yeah, out yeah. there that would, wants to reach you?
4: Yeah, sure. You, I mean, My name is Dr. Rob Kelly. It's two B's and no RobKelly dot com. If anybody out there is listening to your show, needs any advice, uh, just call. It's me that's going to answer the phone. It's me that's going to give you any advice. It's not going to cost you anything. Is uh, I'm over in Dallas. It's two one four six zero 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 two one zero, and my email is rob with at robkelly
2: say, say your ad- email address again.
4: It's rob r o b b
2: at robkelly r o b b k e l l y dot com. Okay, cool. I'm sure that it would be great to. I'm what I'm going to do is I'm going to send a media packet out to you. It would be great to Excellent. have you on as a guest for a whole hour. That way, that'll people be, can call be awesome, and ask yeah. questions. And yeah, it, that would be Excellent.
4: fantastic. I've, I've been—I've done a lot of TV. We did the Doctors. We have a regular TV show over here called I Open, which I'm on. So yeah, feel free. I'd—I'd I'd love to do something whatever, whatever, which way I can help.
2: I'm here if you need me. Oh, uh, by all means. So uh, do me—do me a favor again and, and give your information just in case somebody okay. missed it and they're trying to write it down.
4: Okay, for any problems, any alcohol, drug problems or families of drug addicts, just give me a call for any advice. It's two one four-six zero 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 two one zero or you can email me at R O B. That's Rob at R O B K-E-L-L-Y Rob at robkelly.com.
2: Awesome. What I'll do is I'll put that on our uh, Miracles in Recovery page as well for if anybody who Actually. is trying doesn't who doesn't have a pen and wants to get in touch with you, Doc. It was great it was great so. to hear from you. I mean I you I'm sure you have a lot of knowledge and you can share a lot of both sides of the fence. One being a struggling alcoholic and also trying to help addicts and alcoholics get past That's that bless you point for level. what you're doing. Yeah, we, we, we just
4: thrive on this. I mean, we, we, we mainly deal with high-profile people because of who we are. Uh, I'm an ex-musician from England, quite a famous mm-hmm. one, um, who, who ruined his life because of drugs and alcohol. But the, the nice thing we do, we don't just run a practice. The nice thing we do is 70%, not 70% of our work is done pro bono because I know when I wanted help, I couldn't afford it. And right. somebody turned around and said, I'm going to do this for free. And I was like, it blew my mind. I'm like, what do you mean free? <laughs> you know, it's like, we'll, we'll give you $100,000 worth of treatment free. And I couldn't, it just blew my mind. And, and that's oh, I could,
3: Yeah, I can tell you insurance company horror stories that just oh, happened yeah. to me over the weekend. It's a nightmare trying to get somebody into treatment. It's awful. Well, what, what, we, what we did as
4: a company, we, we've been in this business for 27 years. So for 15 years, we worked and got comfortable with insurance companies over in England. We stored enough money. So now we do this because it's in our heart. We don't do it because we need to eat or pay the rent. And that makes a big difference to us. We never turn anybody down that walks through the door. Not a lot of people can say that. But we'll not only take you, we won't take you on if you're not ready. So if, you, if we assess you and, you and we think you're just not ready, we will not take you on. We'll, even if the family's got a million-dollar checkbook and we turn them away. When you're ready, we'll take you through. When you're not, it's heartbreaking, but there's nothing we can do. And, and, and we've we, we worked with, I've personally worked with 5,426 people in the last 27 years. Most are still oh. sober and clean today because we're very, just, very aggressive with the disease. I'm very, very adamant. I'm very, very passionate. I lost my kids, my wife, my mom and dad, everything to this disease. I, I'm passionate to a fault, I will stand face to face with your disease with you and fight it until the death if need be. And we're not lost. Well that's
2: yet. what we need out there. We need we need yeah. people out there that, that have the willingness to do what you just said. I mean I I, I have that same willingness as well, but it's 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 tough ah. to fortunately enough, you have a clinical background that, that carries yeah. you to it. I can only share my experience, strength, and hope. You can bring them to a point of clinical acceptance where i can only do it spiritually
4: and that that has led us into some great things because you know i've got it covered all ways and you know i can talk to the 12-step guy but i can also talk to the real medical guy who doesn't believe in the 12 steps or god or anything like that whichever way you want to do it we've got you because it's 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 a program as we all know which program i'm talking about that works i've heard people Uh say well it's not working for me there's no such thing it's not working for you you're not ready that's all it is and when you're ready circumstantial, just like the plane going down, circumstantial, when you're ready, you'll believe, you'll come to us, you'll be open to suggestions. When you take them suggestions, you'll have a, a, a life beyond your wildest dreams. And I'll finish on this before I go. This is okay. how passionate we are. If you come into our practice and you pay the fee to come in, if you relapse ever again, I will refund every dime that you've spent into my office. Nobody oh, says oh, that. And companies because they're all in it to scam people. We're not. We are not. Right. I've, never, paid, I've never refunded any money yet, by the way. It's never happened.
5: <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is great. You
2: know, and it's funny. I've yeah. always said, and I've jokingly asked people, like I go to conventions and things like that, conferences, and, and I ask people who have tables there, like I don't want to name a recovery facility, but I yeah. ask them what their success rate is. And they always say, oh, 65 to 80%. And I say, well, no, actually, your success rate is 100%. And they said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, the people that left and chose not to use it, that's not your fault. Yes. They, just weren't, they just weren't ready to embrace what you were sharing with them. So your, right. your success rate is 100%. If somebody doesn't like nice. them, I went into I went through 15 different programs. The 14 others weren't not successful because I chose not to use the knowledge. That was me.
4: And, and as an alcoholic, I was unteachable. I found that as well. Even when the, right. the evidence was given to me at an early age, I was a session bass player, at Abbey Road in London, so I've played with Queen, Elton John, David Bowie, all them guys, taking cocaine, drinking to the early hours at the ages of 16 and 17. You couldn't mm-hmm. teach me nothing. I mean, does life get any better than that? Somebody once said to me, then sat on the, on the penthouse suite of the Savoy Hotel in London, drinking to oblivion with Elton John. Does it get any better than that, Rob? And I said, yes, it does. Yeah. Today. <laughs> Living in the now, right now, I'm a billion times happier, a billion times more productive, and to help somebody else and watch them recover from this BS that we're going through—that everybody wants to shun and forget about—is a right. miracle. It's it, you can't buy that stuff.
3: You can't buy. No, you it. can't. That very you can't. true. That is very true. God I love you. Okay, God guys,
6: love
4: well, you, God. I'm going to I'm, get going. Sure... It's great to speak to you guys, and hopefully next week I'll call again.
2: Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Great. Great to talk Thank to you, you and have a safe and uh, week.
4: We are coming up on
2: a we are coming up on a hard break now, and Ellen and I will be back in a few minutes to share a little more of our experience, strength, and hope.
6: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
5: Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. The root causes of disease can be better prevented and cured using an integration of modern medicine and holistic healing techniques. Become educated by tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does have its place But it should not be the only course of action. It's all about regenerating and healing our whole selves through better choices in lifestyle, foods, spiritual connection, and stress management. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
7: Do you understand what really needs to be done for your health? Or like many, are you mostly letting what you hear and see in today's media dictate your healthy lifestyle? It's time to get focused. There is a reason why cancer, heart disease, chronic fatigue, hypothyroidism, and other illnesses are running rampant in our world. Ganino Wellness Radio with Dr. John and Linda Ganino will show you that there are easy, preventative, everyday steps to get you back on track. Listen live every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness.
6: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show.
2: Welcome back to another segment of Being a Miracle in Recovery. That last segment was pretty great. That Dr. Rob Kelly is uh, the bomb, isn't he? he hey, he's awesome. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Like it. Yeah.
3: I like his passion. That's, that's We need a lot more of, of him out there right now to kind of battle the
2: epidemic that we're going through. No, absolutely. On both sides of the fence. And I think that um, anyone who has any questions or needs any type of knowledge, what I'll do is I'll put all his information on Miracles and Recovery on our Facebook page. But with that, if you or your organization would like to be a featured guest on the show, please send me an email at ray at org. I'll send you an information packet on how to schedule a time for you to be on the show for a full hour so we can focus on what you have to bring to the recovery community. Up and coming guests we have. I spoke with a doctor from Jacksonville, Florida, and he would like to come on and speak about sugar addiction. So that should be very a very interesting topic, because like, Ellen and I were talking during the break, and I think I ate two cupcakes before I came on the air, just to get my mind right to be able to talk. So, you know, addiction addiction has nothing to do with the specific chemical you're putting in your system. It has everything to do with the action behind it. I mean, when I was putting heroin into my system, yes, I was getting an effect, but it was all of the rationalization up to it and hiding from whatever that I—that's why I was doing it. it. It had nothing to do with the with the heroin after a while because it wasn't working. It had everything to do with the lifestyle with the inability to be responsible, with, they say, you know, finding your bottom. I like to call it my saturation point because every time I got to my bottom, some evil being threw me a shovel and I started digging. So it really wasn't my bottom. I got to my saturation point and I said February 28th, 1989, enough is enough. I would rather live than die, even though dying was the greater option because it would have relieved me from everything and anything responsible. Today, I am so grateful that I didn't choose that way out.
3: But when you said, did you consciously think in your mind enough as an
2: I don't think I consciously thought I don't think I consciously thought enough is enough. I think I woke up one morning and I think my body and my mind had enough of the life that I was living. I don't think that I ultimately surrendered at that point, but I do know and I can probably remember in the stupor that I was in that I said I don't want to die. So I I was coming like the day before off an overdose and I was in a funky way and I just said, there has to be something better than this. I didn't intelligently in any way say, I don't ever want to do this again. I didn't even say, I don't want to do it just for today. I just said, there has to be a better way. And I opened my mouth and said, can someone show me?
3: And once you do that, there are a lot of people who are
2: holding out their hands,
3: ready was inc- and willing and wanting to help.
2: Right. It was incredible. Even back then, how many people came out of the woodwork? How many of my friends that I thought were, were dead because I hadn't seen them because they got clean? How many people came out of the woodwork and took me by the hand and said, until you can be responsible, until you can make decisions, just follow me? I will bring you where you need to go, and I'll go into that <clears throat> story about my sponsor we I, I I embraced the narcotics Anonymous twelve steps of recovery when I got clean because I was a heroin addict, so that was the that was the common path to follow and in the in that setting, there are different quote unquote responsibilities that the group does one's a coffee maker, one's a greeter one's a you know, like the secretary positions and group service representative positions. So when I first got clean, I went to a business meeting and they were looking for a coffee maker. And my sponsor raises his hand and in my mind I went, <coughs> idiot, he's going to make coffee. He <laughs> said, <laughs> "He Ray will make the coffee. I said, Rick, I don't even drink coffee. He said you want what i want you want what i have I said, yeah i don't know he said well just make the coffee i'll come in i'll pick you up i'll come in i'll help you make the coffee three months into it you're looking for a greeter rick raises his hand again and in my mind i go that knucklehead is gonna greet everybody that he's gonna hug everybody that comes down down the stairs he says ray will be the greeter wait a minute I hate people. Why? uh, He says, do you want what I have? I said, "Ah, it looks good, but I don't know. He said, well, just, I'll I'll stand there with you, and I'll help you through it. Okay. So, the first couple of weeks, I was begrudgingly hugging all these people and welcoming them. And then I started feeling part of. Then I started feeling involved, because people were embracing me and welcoming me and thanking me for welcoming them so ultimately there came a point where the secretary's position came available in up where I where I went to meetings it was like almost like the chairperson the secretary whatever you want to call it, it was a person that opened the meetings gave out the readings found a speaker to share their experience strength, and hope so rick raises his hand and like a knucklehead, I beat him and I went, oh, I'll do it. And he looked at me (laughs) and he said, (laughs) he looked at me and he said, good for you. He said, I was willing to do that. So he taught me, He, he brought me where I needed to be without even knowing. And when he kept saying, do you want what I have? I ultimately got to the point where I wanted what he had. And that was only one day clean. I didn't want his physical things. He had a wife and five kids and 27 grandchildren. I didn't want that. Right. I wanted I wanted the serenity of one day clean. And that's all I wanted. And I wanted to start being responsible for my life. And I wanted to start doing all the things that I was supposed to be doing. Now, I don't want to say supposed to be like, you know, we're not, we're not. I mean, yeah, the things that I was supposed to be doing.
3: Well, the things that a quote-unquote normal human being would be doing, you go out to work every day. You know, right. Like you said, you make your bed, you put your clothes away. You aspire for, toward you know, being a normal human being and doing the, the things that normal people do. I mean, we have to take care of ourselves.
2: That's what right. being responsible really, is. Uh, all we really have is to go by what, what normal is on TV, and today... You couldn't even use that as a as a gauge. You couldn't even use that as a as a starting point because the world is going no. to just so crazy. Well, and you I know, think
3: there's different. There there are different types of normal, just as there are mm-hmm. different types of responsibility. And I think it's it's generational as well. And if you look at the generation that that are young adults now, this is where this epidemic of addiction is hitting so hard. And I right. wonder sometimes, you know, what happened? Did we not give them enough responsibility growing up because we had too much and we didn't want them to
2: feel that. I I, I, I don't know if we could about that yeah, a lot. Yeah, I guess, but 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 I think that that for me anyway, I think that that type of thinking is is some kind of enabler. You know, we're enabling them because we feel sorry for them because we didn't give them the responsibility. It's not on us. It's totally on them. We're part of their ride and how we how we embrace and how we take on today's society is is we do it the best we can we take the knowledge that's been given to us in this recovery society and we use it to the best of our best of our ability i mean look around you success is everywhere you just need to follow your dream and don't settle for far too long i settled i accepted and When I stopped settling and accepting, I started to be able to be a responsible human being. again. Or even I I started to be able to be a human being. Because my actions out there were, were subhuman. And fortunately enough, I was able to make it through, learn all of life's lessons while using... And carry them into into society today, and I, I can share my experience, strength, and hope because I have a message of knowledge.
3: Well, and and the fact that it worked, and you know, because you're sitting there now with 27 years, you know, you mm. you you've got the you've got the American dream basically.
2: Right, but I don't think it worked. I mean, I think, I think it, it is out there and it's, it's there for us to grab onto it. So I think we as individuals work. We start getting to a point where things start making sense. For all too long, nothing made sense to me and I didn't, I didn't care. I didn't even want to analyze it. It was always out there. It was there in all of the different facilities that I went to it was there every time I walked into a meeting and chose not to use it. Once I surrendered and said, it, take me, then it did, because that's when I got accepting of this thing we call recovery.
3: It it sounds so simple, but apparently it is very, very hard to get to that point. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, the the point of, of... I've had enough. I don't want to do this anymore. I will do whatever you tell me to get what you have. There are so many people who reject that over and over and over again. And I True. find it, you know, as a civilian, a non addict, it's very frustrating to be on the other side of it. You know, I know what you need to do. Why don't you just do it? Because it's and really, yeah, I it guess, is deep. You know, the disease has still got its
2: hold. Yep. And it's, and it's very the, hard and the common sense thinking isn't there even with even with minimal time like you know well, well they have 6 months they should be able to grasp understanding of it 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 took me a lot longer than i would have liked anyone to have to experience to say today is a good day not to get high as an addict today is a very good day to get high that's what i do i choose to use the tools, and all of the recovery principles that I've learned along the way, so I don't have to do that. But it is still an option. It's always going to be an option. I'm an addict. It's how I came in the door. How do I think I'm going to go out?
3: You have to, you have to be vigilant. Right. You have, you have to stick to the, the principles that you were taught. And True. I and say, I think- you know, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy.
2: Yeah, it's, well, it's a and simple it, you know, program. It's not easy from, from
3: from the you know the family side either. You know, the hardest thing in the world for me is to turn my back, you know, on right. someone who's sick and suffering. It's horrible. It's horrible, and it's very hard to do. And you get a lot of you know people. Some people will say, you know, tough love, throw them out. Other people say, no, 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 that's the worst thing you could possibly do. So there, you know, there's so much information out there.
2: Right. I mean, we've so even had conversa- we've even had conversations, and um, coming from both sides of the fence, there is no real answer. Right? Every every question that you ask, or or we ask, there's no real answer because not everyone is exactly the same. My mother and family had to do what they had to do for me, and it worked. It may not have worked for my brother. You don't know the space, the state of mind. And so I think you have to take it, I don't know, it, that's the confusing thing, being not on the family end of it and only experiencing it from afar and being the addict, I don't have the answers for the other side of the gate.
3: Well, we live with a lot of fear. You know, there's, there's fear of jails, institutions, and death, basically. And Right. You know, as a mother, I will do anything in my power to prevent those things from happening. But guess what? I can't. The disease is stronger than me. Mm-hmm. Really, right? And, and that, you, know, so- you know, that's where the whole thing comes in. Responsibility for an adult child ends with me, and that's very hard to embrace. But it's true. There is absolutely nothing
2: I can do. No, there, there really is absolutely nothing you can do, and and that's the, that's the scary and sad thing about it.
3: Well, and it goes against everything a mother, you know, a mother instinct tells you to do. Mhm. And some people find it easier than others, and I, you know, I'm one. I, I'm a classic enabler.
2: I know I am.
3: And and, you sadly, know, I'll stand on and that. sadly,
2: and sadly, being an addict and in recovery. I can only imagine myself as being an enabler as well. And I say that only because I can see how I interact with people in my life today. And and I'm not that stern, cut them off and throw them away kind of person. Because I have that base of caring, because I have that base of love today, it's tough, like you say... To disconnect and say, just throw them and let them fend for themselves. That's 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 a hard way to go. And it's very easy for someone to go, yeah, 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 whatever you say, dude, I know what I'm going to do. Well, no, you don't. Because everything you've ever learned or everything you've ever thought goes completely out the window when someone that you love is struggling with active addiction or can't get themselves away from it.
3: Yeah, because it, the, the horror of, of watching it from the sidelines is I can't think of too many things that are worse. And again, the fear of what's going to happen next, because it's not going right. to be anything good.
2: We know that right. for sure. No, that that's very true. So if you can experience or if you can relate to anything that Ellen of I have been speaking about or even Dr. Rob, phone lines are open. Call 866-472-5792. That's 866 866- 472-5792. You know, I'll call tomorrow. Tomorrow may never come. Uh-huh. Call now. Call now. We can help. We can point you in the right direction. If you don't want to come on the air, send me an email at ray at org with your phone number. When I get off the air, I'll call you, and we'll try to get you to a place where you can get help or you can start at least experiencing recovery. We'll be and back a in a lot, little bit. a lot,
3: a lot of help available.
2: True, true. We'll be back on the other side of the break to share a little bit more of our experience, strength and hope with what we've been talking
6: life your health your network you're listening to voice america health and wellness
7: if you have been experiencing addiction issues be it drugs alcohol or something else you know what it means to feel alone in the world the power to create yourself with host ross Ramin is here to prove that you don't have to feel this way there are others who have been there or are still there and together we can sort out the truths and the lies in order to reveal the true essence of your character. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune into to Happy and Healthy Living with Darlene Godwin to better understand the why on how you feel and find the right therapies, treatments, and programs to bring healing to the mind, body, and spirit. You can live a better life at any age. It's not just a temporary fix. Rather, it's a permanent, healthy lifestyle. Happy and Healthy Living with Darlene Godwin is broadcast live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
0: Do you know about Reiki? This method of healing can complement Western medicine as well as other alternative practices. Besides healing, it can have the additional effect of making you feel more positive about yourself and the world around you. By tuning into For the Love of Reiki with host Paula Vale, you'll find how Reiki can improve your health, bring balance into your life, and fill you with joy. For the Love of Reiki is broadcast live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel.
6: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show.
2: Welcome back to being a or another segment of Being a Miracle in Recovery. We're going to pick the conversation up where we left off. Wherever that conversation was, we started responsibility and we went everywhere. But we have Kevin from Massachusetts on the line. Hi, Kevin. How are you?
8: Hi, Bray. How are you doing? I'm good. Ben? I'm good. I was calling in. Just, uh, I missed most of the beginning of the show. I'm not sure where you're at, but I would like to share a little bit of my experience, strength, and hope. Well,
2: we're exactly where you need to be, Uncle Kevin. <laughs> he <picked> that <laughs> out
8: of the hat.
4: <laughs>
8: oh, let's see. Experience. Well, the experience is that I've been in some very low places. Uh, I can remember the day, the first time that I, uh, I found comfort in getting high. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was 1972. It was an accident. Uh, back then, you used to make models with uh, glue that would have an effect on your brain.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. My brothers used to do that.
8: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, was, I was just 12 years old and making models at a boys club in a, in a confined uh, area. And the tingling started in my brain. And from then on, I'm not going to go into details of the rest of the war story, but uh, things got pretty desperate uh, 40 years later. And uh, in my experience, I knew from the last time that I went out that if I had done this, if I do this again, I will die. Mm -hmm. And I... I got myself into a hospital. Uh, I went to a treatment center. And at the treatment center, I learned of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. And I applied myself vigorously for the next two years uh, to stay sober. And today, I celebrate on October 22nd, I celebrate 12 years
2: of awesome. sobriety. Congratulations! Awesome. I and, just I just got the chills. That's that's yeah. That's awesome, Kevin. And uh, but in,
8: in all of the all of the times that uh, I was out running, I never thought that I was damaging anybody. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate. I was fortunate in in my life. Uh, I. Didn't lose everything. I, uh, I did have, uh, you know, I had a six-figure job. Uh, life was pretty good on that aspect. I had a wife. I had, uh, five children. Uh, I cared for almost more than anything during that time, except for when it grabbed a hold of me and, and took me down the depths of, uh, <laughs> destruction. And, uh, through, through the vigilance of my sponsor, well, I've had three, um, but through their vigilance and my ex- willingness to surrender myself to the work, to recover, and the knowledge... That was gained throughout doing the twelve steps about myself and the disease of addiction again october twenty second twelve years later I've had ten wonderful years that I wouldn't trade for the forty previous
2: right and that's that's huge you know and I and I can say that I personally know you and I know how you live your life. I jokingly said Uncle Kevin because that's what my, my kids call him. Um, our families are kind of intertwined and we, you know, the sad thing about it is is that I'm down here, you're up there, and we don't get to experience time like we used to. Um, right. The great thing is, is that I know that you are a great dad. And the only way that coming from who you were to who you are is through some type of spiritual awakening. And granted, we have all of this stuff thrown back into our lap while we're trying to be spiritually whole that does do damage. I mean, you've lost your home in a fire. You've experienced other people in your family acting out actively. And, you know, still today, you're that stellar man that I know and that, you know, I'm very proud of. What you what you do and how you live your daily life?
8: Oh, thank you, Ray. And, and I mean, every day is just not easy, but mm-hmm. through uh, you know, the grace of God, and a lot of people get offended by that, but I don't. Right. And uh, but through the grace of God, each day I find uh, more reason to do more for, to try to do more for someone else. Mm-hmm. and i and I get rewarded for that uh greatly um each day of my life when you right. when you hand out to someone or you reach out to someone to uh try to guide them along or help them in even in a small manner, like you said uh I heard you talking I cut into the show a little late, but uh you were you guys were talking uh you know about the uh, the greeting and, uh, the coffee making, mm-hmm. but you're doing something for someone else. You know, it, right. it's for yourself to learn how to be human, but it's also reaching out to someone else, have a hot cup of coffee. Hello. It's nice to see you. I'm glad right. you could make it in your store.
2: Things that we never did while we were out there, you know, it reminds me of a, uh, a quote from Lou Holtz. He was, uh, he was a famous coach and it says, life is 10% of what happens to you in 90% of how you react to it. You know, Absolutely. and I think today, I think today I can embrace that because there are a lot of things that happen during my day that I could use for an excuse to escape and I don't allow them to affect me like I did when I was looking for excuses or reasons and, and so today, my life is 90% great. I I deal with the 10% as best as I can. And and usually the 90% overtakes
8: me. And what else can you do, right? I mean, you can't exactly. change what you can't change. No. You can't. And, and uh, you know, you mentioned that, you know, my house burnt down. We lost everything, our animals. Fortunately, there was seven of us in the home. Fortunately, mm. none of us got hurt. Um, uh, these things, uh, you know, life goes on no matter what bad things do happen to good people. Mm -hmm. And like you just stated, you know, 90% of it is how you accurate. That was a beautiful excuse. Uh, go get drunk. Um, or use, uh, you know, like in my first two years of sobriety, I lost both my parents one excuses right. is to go uh, and use or drink or whatever your substance may be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but all these things were acceptable to me as part of life. Um, did they, was it, did they suck? Yes. Um, but how you dealt with them, that is 100% of uh, a better way to live. I mean, yeah, you can, you can wash it away today. Tomorrow, the mm-hmm. same thing is going to be there if you use. But the only sure. thing is compounding because you haven't dealt with the problem today. And you've added more guilt
2: on your own shoulder. Right. Right. Ellen, you still there?
3: Yeah, I'm here. I'm listening.
2: <laughs> You're writing, you writing this stuff down?
3: Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I uh, I was going to ask. I'm sure your uh, your kids are very happy about your sobriety. Uh, Yes, they they are. Um, Somewhat. We've
8: had a a very active problem in our household. I have, like I said, I have five children. I was uh, I was dumbfounded with this disease for many years, not noticing. My children becoming involved uh, with this disease. Not all five, but four of them, Gr- graciously. Um, two are two of the f- one of the five hasn't been involved with the with the with the disease with the effect that of the sober persons being affected by it. Um, Two of them are well stable now, with uh, through alcoholic anonymous, uh in the big book studies, and the other two—one is in treatment today, and one is still, you uh, know, I believe still active, but ketotized. Uh, yeah. With and, and you know gets involved and gets out gets involved so she's that one is still uh, uh, someday I yeah. hope yeah and, and you know they,
2: something someday someday the prayers that we are say, uh, saying for her on a daily basis they'll stick they may but they may not be they may be flying over her head now but they're sticking to somebody else sooner or later yeah they will role
3: model too.
8: But, and she's yeah. getting you know I shouldn't use that but they're, they they're getting glimpses of right stretches of sobriety to and mm-hmm. you know you if you if you relapse you know it's all part of recovery they say and uh, you know not everybody gets it on the first run not everybody no. uh, not everybody's ready to
2: accept that they need change and you know I think but, I think we''re we're, we're Getting close to uh, coming to the end of the show, but I think that uh, you know, for me anyway, when people looked down their nose at me when I came back and they said, "You were back out there using again," or "There he goes again," or you know, because I didn't get it on the first try. I'm not a, I'm not a a single chipper or whatever they call them. It took me a whole drawer full of white key tags to be able to have some type of knowledge as to so as a person who was stumbling through recovery, um, it's that's part of your own process. That was part of my process. I wouldn't have gotten to where I was, or I wouldn't even be here today, if they told me, you can only do this once. You only have one shot. That's right, why... I
8: don't think anybody should accept that idea. No, um,
2: no.
3: Because well, yeah, I they say, to... it takes what it takes. And I, yeah. you know, I used to get really mad because I want to know what it takes. But you know that's not for me to
2: know. No, it's not. It's in God's time, you know, and that, that's that's tough. How do you, how do you deal with that in God's time? You know, like Kevin said, some people may not, may not accept the, uh, that. But too bad. I just used it, and this is my show. So, deal with it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: and at the end of the day, I think that's probably the best truth that we can we can cling to.
8: Absolutely. Right. 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 Well, guys, it was nice chatting with you.
2: And it was great talking to you too. You guys, send, send to everyone the show. my love, Kev. I will. You too. All right, stay safe. All right, brother. Bye-bye. All right. So, if you or your organization would like to be a featured guest on a show, please send me an email at ray at miraclesandrecovery.org. We will send you an information packet and how to schedule time for you to be on the show for a full hour, so you can, so we can focus on what you have to bring to the recovery community you don't have to be a big guru in a recovery facility or anything like that if you just make serenity clothing or if you do anything we are we want to speak to you we want you to be able to relay your message on our on our show this is an international show this this show goes We have people from Russia listening. We have people from Indonesia listening. We have people from Ireland listening. So if you want to get your message out there, by all means, call us at 866-472-5792. We're up against it. We have 30 seconds left, so I am going to have to say good night. This has been a fantastic show, and thanks for calling in from Atlanta, Ellen. Definitely. Talk to everybody next week. Okay, have a safe and healthy week.
1: Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel, next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.